Good morning. Psalm 121. If you need a Bible, there's Bibles in the pew there in front of you. Uh, page 484, you'll find Psalm 121 there. My help comes from the Lord, a song of ascents. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun, will, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Thank you, Nate. Well, this happens on a regular basis. Uh, I'll need to order something from Amazon, and I'll say to my wife, can you help me with this? I, I still get psyched out with those online orders. Can you help me with this? And, yeah, she's laughing, and she'll, she'll say, sure. Yeah. It's so good to have help, isn't it? Or um, I'll be in the office, and I'll need some help. I'm stuck with something, some problem on the computer or on our website or whatever, and I'll say, hey, Jordan, can you help can you help me a second? And it's so good to have somebody around who can help, right? It's so good. Or that guy with the pickup truck, and uh, I'm out at the garage sale, and I'll call him and I'll say, hey, I bought a desk. Can you come with your truck to help me? That's everyone's best friend, right? The guy with the truck. It's so good to have somebody that can help. What we need to grasp from this passage this morning in Psalm 121, and it's so good to be able to read this together and study this, is this. As we pray, we can pray with confidence that God says, I'm glad to help. And not only that, I'm going to take care of you. That's our God, our help, and our keeper. There are so many different kinds of psalms, and as we're praying the psalms this month of January... Uh, we're looking at different kinds of psalms. There are imprecatory psalms. We haven't seen one of those just yet. There are confession psalms. That was last week, Psalm 51. There are others. Uh, there are songs of lament. That's an important category of psalms. What do we do with those moments where our heart is just grieving and we lament? That's a, that's a part of life. Psalm 88, next week, we'll look at that. Uh, there are psalms of instruction. In fact, one of the psalms we read this morning in the reading of the five psalms a day, so forth, uh, praying the psalms, a couple of them were psalms of instruction. And out of that came some really clear prayer that the Lord prompted me about as well, psalms of instructions. Psalms of praise, we'll be looking at that a little bit later on in the month as well. But today's psalm, Psalm 121, is a psalm of encouragement. I think there are a number of these psalms that you're just drawn to for encouragement. And this was an, is an encouragement that, yes, we can pray because our God is a help. He is our keeper. Never forget that. The tendency, the problem in life is that we do forget that. 
we get so consumed with the problems that we forget to pray because we forget to think about our God who is our help. If you'll note the title of this psalm right under My Help Comes from the Lord, it says, A Song of Ascents. What in the world is that about? Well, note this. It's, it's one of the traveler psalms. There are 15 of these, and as the children of Israel would gather and travel to Jerusalem several times a year for their various feasts, they would sing these psalms along the way. And that's, a, that's a great study, just to read through each one of these and, and study them, thinking about how they, in that context, they were walking to Jerusalem with these things in mind. And here the psalmist says, I lift my eyes. I lift up my eyes. Would you today lift up your eyes and here I want you to see something I think is very encouraging he says I I look to the hill hills why does he look to the hills well there are several things to consider here possibilities the passage doesn't really say why he looks to the hills but we can have some conjecture here the first is that it could be a good reminder of the Creator. You look around, you see the hills, everywhere you look, you, you see there, there's obviously a God who created all this, and He does all things well. Another psalm with that in mind is back at Psalm 8. Would you go back in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 8 and just consider what you see when you look around you in God's creation? O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth! You have set forth your glory above the heavens. And out of the mouth of babies and infants you establish strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. Verse 3, when I look to the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? That could be what the psalmist has in mind. He's considering God's creation around him. That's a good reminder. It could be a bad reminder in that it's a reminder of some past experiences that he's had. Remember, David, the psalmist, had gone through some incredibly hard times. And many of those hard times were in hiding in the caves or on the run from Saul and, and others who were after him. In times of danger. It could be that. It could be a somber reminder of the culture of his day. Often on the top of the hills were the high places. Places of false worship, of false gods. Baal worship. The Philistines, the Babylonians. All of these pagan religions that all had their common source at the Tower of Babel and worshiping a multitude of gods of man's making rather than the one true God, the Almighty Jehovah. Remember on Mount Carmel, that high place, they gathered, and Elijah said, where's your God? Is he sleeping? That was a, that was a, that was a false worship place, one of the high places. I looked to the hills. Then he asked the question, where does my help come from? The hills? No. The correct answer is what he says here. My help comes from the Lord. And notice Lord is capitalized all the way through here. This is a significant name of God. The I am that I am. The, the Jehovah. The one that is what he is. My help comes from the Lord. 
Lord, thank you that we can pray to you knowing that you are our help. Lord, would you help me now even as we open these scriptures? And what a comfort, what an encouragement it is to know that you will help. You will use your word. It will not return void. You will sustain. You will use these uh, to bring forth glory to your name and help us in life. So God, may we set aside other distractions and may we be able to focus on our God who is our help. In ages past and for years to come. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, let's identify here in this passage uh, two essential supports to our prayer life. As we are emphasizing prayer throughout this month of January, that is to continue out throughout the whole year, we want to be a praying church this whole year of 2023. These are, these are two truths that will, will, will support our prayer life. These are essential. So keep this in mind. Number one, Pray with assurance of God's care for you. He cares for you. You can cast all your care on Him knowing that He cares for you. This is an assuring thing. The Lord Jehovah helps you. My help, the psalmist says. My easer. Ah, that's the word there in that language. Spelled E-Z-E-R. So next to that in your margin or somewhere in your notes, write that word in there and come back and study it on your own. He is my easer. You do some etymology, you can consider that our word ease comes from this word easer, my help. This word uh, in, in that Hebrew language is found also, actually one of the first times, I believe, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 and also verse 20, as the, the word that's used for the helper that God made for the man. He created an easer for Adam, a wife, a helpmeet. And man needs help, doesn't he? We do. That is still true today. So David says that God is his easer. My help is the Lord. My easer is the Lord, Jehovah. This God who is everything I'll ever need, he is my help. My help comes from the Lord. Psalm 146, verse 5. This is one of multiple references to this word being used of God as our help. Psalm 146, verse 5. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Psalm 46, verse 1. He is a very present help in time of trouble. Oh, I hope that you'll grasp that truth and see that lived out in reality for your life. Our God is a very present help. This Lord, this I am that I am, this one who is everything I'll ever need, my healer, my provider, my protector, my, my peace, my victory, on and on, everything you'll ever need, God is. And He is your helper. Isn't that good? Our easer, my help. The one who makes it possible for me to make it, my easer. Here's a question for you. Have you ever been confused by the words in some of our older hymns? Uh, in the hymn that we 
We love to sing, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, to my heart to sing thy praise. There's a, there's a stanza that is most often now just left out. It's been written out. It, we don't use it anymore. And the reason is because there's some terminology that just isn't all that normal in our language now, and people don't even understand it. And so when they sing it, they go, why am I singing that? But it really shows our, our lack of Bible knowledge because it's right there. All right? Uh, the words to that, that stanza are this. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Remember that one? What's that about? Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Now what's that about? My Ebenezer. Um, Well, look at that word a little bit. You see the last part of the word? E-Z-E-R. Ezer. That, that first part of the word, E-B-E-N, is the word for stone. So what in the world is all that about? Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> or something like that? I mean, that's, that's kind of our context of that word. But why is that used in that hymn that way many years ago? Well, in 1 Samuel chapter 7, the ark of the Lord uh, had been stuck in Kiriath-Jerim for about 20 years. And during this time, the Israelites had walked away from the Lord Jehovah, and the prophet Samuel had spoken to the people and said that if they would return to the Lord, God would help them, delivering them from the enemies, the Philistines. Well, Samuel's instructions to God's people were very clear. Return to the Lord. I mean, that means you have to go away from where you're going to back where you were supposed to be. Return to the Lord with all their hearts, not just in outer actions, but from the heart, return to the Lord. And then put away the idols. And is that ever a big deal? There are so many idols, other things that we worship other than God, other things that are higher priority other than God. So put away the idols and then commit yourself to God's service alone, to to serve the Lord. So what happened? Well, the people that time responded with humility and obedience. They did that. They returned. They put away their idols and they served the Lord. And so then they went to battle and, and Samuel is continuing on in his prayer to the Lord. And certainly God did a powerful work. He rained down thunder and confusion and death on the Philistines and the people were able to praise God. And as a result, after that battle that was won, Samuel, the prophet, set a stone to remember. He set up a, a stone, a, a memorial. He set up a stone to remember what God had done. And he called that stone Ebenezer. In fact, we read of that in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, till now the Lord has helped us. Up to this point, we've seen it. God has helped us. That's important to remember for the future. If we want God's help, hey, here's the point. If we want God's help, return. You know what that means. 
Repent. You know what that means. And serve the Lord with all your heart in God's kingdom. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Don't skip over that. That's very important. Let's emphasize that. He made heaven and earth. With that in mind, will you go back to Genesis 1? Let's just, it's important to see this. It's important to keep in context throughout all of life what God says at the very beginning of His communication to us, the Word. You see in verse 3, what are the first three words? And God said. See in verse 6, what are the first three words? And God said. See in verse 9, what are the first three words? And God said. At verse 11, here we go again. And God said. I think that's something that's being emphasized here, wouldn't you say? At verse 14, and God said. Verse 20, and God said. It happened exactly as God said. We read here that God created in six days, morning and evening, as God said. If it, if it, if it is assumed that it is any other way than what is revealed in Genesis 1, you have to take out those words as God said. Because as He spoke, all God has to do is speak and it's done. As God said. In six days... God can do that. God can create everything just as He wants, with age, with understanding, with completion, just like that. Speak the word and it happens. So that is our help. This God who speaks the word and it happens, that is our help. Our help is the Lord who speaks and it happens. May that be your conviction in a world that has thrown that aside. My help is from the Lord. He can do anything He chooses to do, and it's right. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I would ever ask or think. Then, catch this in this, in this Psalm 121. So back to Psalm 121. Catch this. There's a shift in the wording here a little bit. And you want to pay attention to the pronouns. That's always significant. You pay attention who, to who's speaking to, or to who it's speaking to or what's happening here. So notice here that the psalmist says, my help comes from the Lord. And then we read something that's a little bit different. He will not let your foot be moved. It's moved from my to your. My help comes from the Lord. Your foot will not be moved. Now, what's going on with that? To whom is the psalmist speaking? He's saying, my help comes from the Lord. It's obvious who he's saying there. But now, your foot will not be moved. He who keeps you, he keeps you will not slumber. The psalmist is writing. The psalmist is writing, and I think the best conclusion is that the psalmist is talking to himself. Do you ever talk to yourself? Absolutely you do. You talk to yourself all the time. <laughs> but here's the, here's the key. I mean, it's just part of life. We're reasoning, we're thinking, we're, we're, we're talking to ourselves 
all day long. Very first words, <laughs> the very first thoughts, you're talking to yourself every day and all day long. So, but here's the key. To, it's, it's important to speak truth to yourself. Because we're prone to speak lies to ourselves. Speak the gospel to yourself. Preach the truth to yourself. And what do we preach to ourselves from this passage? He will not let my foot slip. He will not let your foot be moved. He's talking to himself. He will not let your foot be moved. Know this. This is so true. And that leads us right into what we're preaching to ourselves. He keeps. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. And notice this. He keeps. He keeps. He keeps. He keeps. The keeper. He keeps. He keeps. He keeps. Remember last week something that Pastor Jordan brought out is in Hebrew poetry, one of the things you're looking for is the repetition of of a word repeated. If there's repetition, remember they did not have punctuation in their language. And so they did not have the exclamation point to make the point. So how do they do that? They made the exclamation point with repetition. And here you have the point made with six exclamation points. This word keep shows up again and again. You see that? Six times in, in, in six verses. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade by the right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. He keeps. He keeps. You get that? This is something that we need to understand and grasp. He is our helper, and He keeps. Now, why is this such a big deal? Well, so often we believe the lie that God won't take care of me, that that God can't do that. But the truth is, God is our keeper. He keeps. This word, shamar, pictures the idea of one who has great care to watch over, to protect, and to sustain. Did you catch that in the hymn we were learning this morning? He will sustain you in this journey. Whatever happens, He will sustain. So you can pray these two reassuring confidences. God help me. God keep me. You know why you can pray that? That's who God is. He's our helper. He's our keeper. So as you come to Psalm 121 and you're reading through this and you're thinking, so what do I have to pray about here? Oh God, you help me. Thank you. I need that. I don't know what I'd do without that. And God, you will sustain me. Has God sustained you in the past? If he has sustained you in the past, he will sustain you in the future. He will keep you. I love that. So pray with assurance. And pray with awareness of God's plan for you. He has a plan. 
And this comes out in verses 7 and 8. And we'll underline two phrases, two parts of the, the verse to help us see this. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. And then underline this, from this time forth, and then the last one, forevermore. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. That's speaking of a journey. You're going out and you're coming in. Here's a question for you. Isn't it amazing how Bible study causes you to ask questions? Here's a question for you. Should we conclude from this passage that nothing bad will ever happen to us? It can't mean that because the scriptures don't show that. Life doesn't show that. Because of the fall and everything that's following after that, bad things happen all the time. Things that in our mind are very difficult. How can I handle this? How can I make it through this? I don't, I don't think I'll make it, God. How do we, is this verse wrong? That he will keep us from all evil? No, it's not wrong. So what are we going to do with this verse? Because bad things are happening all the time. And you're asking that question. What do you do with that? He will keep you from all evil. He will keep you, your life, He will keep your life from this time and forevermore. He will keep you. He helps and He keeps. So what's God's plan in the midst of all this? So the answer to the question of does this mean that we won't have any problems in life is that we have to gain the context of the Bible or maybe I can put it this way we have to rise up high enough to be able to see the big picture maybe we could say this is the the view from 30,000 feet have you ever been in a, a jet flying across the country and going across uh, Nebraska and there's nothing down there but circles yeah, and then you get across into the Rockies and you see all these mountain peaks just all over the place. If you're on the ground, you can't see all that. But when you rise to 30,000 feet, you can see so much more and you go, oh, so that's what's there. That's what we have to do. And that's what we're called to do here in this Psalm 121 is to rise to get God's perspective of our journey. We only see today or a few days in the past. We can't see the future and, and the past kind of fades. All we see is right now. But God sees the big picture. He sees the <laughs> far more than just the 30,000-foot mi uh, 30, view. Look at the message of the Bible as a whole. and Get the big picture in mind as you understand your journey. And one of the values of reading through your Bible on a regular basis is you get the big picture and you're able to see more than just the current distress. You see, oh, so God is doing so much for me than I understood. Get God's viewpoint. As you open the Bible, you read the Word, you're going to get God's viewpoint for your life. And that's the best viewpoint. Because you will lie to yourself. You will deceive yourself. You'll confuse yourself. But God's Word gives clarity. 
It gives understanding. It helps you see that God has a plan, even though you don't understand it all. Hey, Joseph, you're stripped naked and sold into slavery. You're falsely accused of rape and you're thrown into prison and you're forgotten. So how are you doing with this line in Psalm 121, he will keep you from all evil? How's that working out for you, Joseph? <laughs> and Joseph answers, you got to get the big picture. There's so much more to it than what's going on right now. You see, they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Genesis 50, verse 20. Mark that down. Genesis 50, verse 20. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. In God's economy, even the evil, the bad, the difficult, the disappointing, all of these are actually used by God. And God uses evil deeds and evil motives to triumph over evil itself as we walk by faith and not by sight. I can't explain to you what's happened in your past, but I do know that God has a plan to use that to glorify Himself as you walk by faith, even as Joseph did. Hey, Job, how's it going, man? By the way, I have always had this question, Job. Did you understand everything that was happening to you when all your children were killed, when you got all this disease, when all of your belongings disappeared, when your friends showed up and all they could do is just discourage you? Did you really understand what was going on with all that? And Job answers, Job 40, verses 4 and 5, Behold, I am, I am small of account. What shall I answer you? I don't know. I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once, and, it, and I will not answer twice, but I will proceed no further. What's he saying? I have no clue what was going on. I didn't understand it. Yet God saw the big picture. And that's the point of Job. There's so much more going on than what we can see. God has a plan. And God defeated the evil one with his own devices. And Job never saw all that. And he died with those questions still unanswered. And we will die with questions still unanswered. Doesn't make sense. But we know God is our helper. We're assured of that. And He's our keeper through the whole journey. And we know the big picture God has a plan. And we're part of that plan. Hey, Job, how are you doing with all that? Well, I know this that God hides counsel. It's too wonderful for me. God knows that's enough. That's enough. Psalm 121, verses 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. That's true for Stephen. That's true for James. That's true for Peter. That's true for Paul. That's true for you. That's true for me. He will keep you from this time forth and forevermore. You're coming out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. You see... God's plan is present for this time. It's present. Now, God is working His plan now. Whatever you're facing now, that's part of God's plan.
So that's how you can pray. God, will you reveal your plan for me today? I don't like everything that's happened in the past, but God, will you help me understand your plan for me today? God's plan is present. What's happening right now is part of his plan, and it's not catching God off guard. And God's plan is eternal. That last word in the psalm gives so much perspective. Forevermore, forever, all the days of all eternity, God's plan is eternal in the times to come. So Psalm 121 is not a suggestion that all of our problems will just disappear because we've got this genie in a bottle that just does whatever our bidding is. It's a reassurance that through it all, God helps. Through it all, He keeps. Through it all, in present times and in times to come, His plan unfolds for our good and His glory. Let me say that again. Through it all, God helps. Through it all, He keeps. Through it all, present times and in the future, His plan unfolds. Ah, so that's what God is doing. And I can trust Him. He's my keeper. He's my help. And I know this. Lord, would you take this psalm and bore it into our hearts and our conviction of the truth that our help comes from the Lord. And our help keeps from this time forth and forevermore. May this be the way we pray and live our lives. And may it give us courage and understanding of things we don't. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.